Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Just want to say a little intro for our next podcast episode, which is all about psychodrama, one of our most valuable tools and techniques that we want to share on our We Got the Nod program. Um, it was a lot of fun doing this podcast with Sat Kirtan few nights back, uh, we realized about halfway into the podcast that we really needed to divide it into three installments. So this one will be the first of three. The theme of this first podcast is primarily about preparation. And then we'll do a second podcast on execution. And finally, the third podcast will be focused on integration all as they apply to this incredible technology we call psychodrama. Um, another thing worth mentioning before we begin the podcast is the dogs of Guatemala. We made this podcast in the evening several nights ago and um, started off pretty quiet. It's one of the reasons why we, we like to do the podcast at night. And at a certain point, you'll hear dogs um, from our neighborhood getting involved. And at first, listening to it, we thought, oh, I guess we'll have to re-record it. But listening to the section with the dogs, it was such a good uh, conversation that we decided, let's just go with it. The dogs are not so loud and distracting and almost... On cue, they seem to be working with us. <laughs> so here we go. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening. We got the Sat Nam. Welcome to We Got the Nod Internet Radio Show with your hosts Hariram and Sat Kirtan. Welcome, everyone. We have an interesting topic tonight. We're going to speak about psychodrama. Yeah, so what is psychodrama? Let's jump right in, okay? <laughs> um, psychodrama, for me, is, is a form of therapy uh, and a healing technique. There's ancient roots, shamanic roots, and draws from theater, 
psychotherapy, if you will, and different shamanic techniques. Very effective tool for, for healing old patterns, trauma, and even looking into the future to, to change our course into the future. Psychodrama has its roots, as I mentioned already, in <clears throat> shamanism, which predates the era of healing arts, the performing arts. We're talking about the Paleolithic Age, where storytelling played even possibly more important role than it does today, if that's possible. Um, when we think about it, storytelling is so pervasive in our world as ever. Take, for example, advertising. What is it? Marketing people use storytelling, different aspects of storytelling, to sell product or service. They appeal to mm -hmm. basic desires, emotions in their target audience to elicit an emotional response. And this is what storytellers do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's all pervasive. Um, it's just changed form over the years and, and centuries, millennia. The roots are there. <clears throat> and psychodrama then recognizes this, that, that our life is a story. And we are all storytellers, whether we <laughs> realize it or not. <laughs> that our life is our story. We are the writer, director, and the lead actor mm. in our own story. And in realizing that, we can change it. Powerful. I think so. <laughs> I know, because I've been practicing this and honing this for my whole life, really, because I, I started um, acting in elementary school. I went to Montessori schools, and I had a chance to do some theater way back when, when I was six or seven years old, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with theater right away. And continued to pursue theater whenever I had the chance in school and even after leaving high school ended up going to theater school for two years study it was two of the best years of my life so at what point did acting and theater become a healing practice for you as opposed to entertainment well even then um, those two years I went to the new school of drama in Toronto it's worth saying, because I often refer to my teachers and their teacher when I'm speaking of psychodrama, because mm -hmm. uh, Sanford Meisner is the teacher of my teachers, Tony Pierce and Louise Nolan in Toronto. They both study with the master, I consider one of the great masters of modern theater, uh, Sanford Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse School in New York City, who was a student of Stanislavski, one of the great, great um, theater teachers the modern era, and going into that program, I, I did not consciously have any idea of the therapeutic benefits. I was going because I had this lifelong dream to, to act and be a performer, but I did find out quite soon after 
mm-hmm. going into that program in Toronto, that it was to be a very therapeutic process, mm. incredibly healing um, and challenging on, on those levels, the very basic emotional levels. It has to be. You know, if one is earnest and really wanting to develop their craft as, as a performer, whether it's acting or dance, any type of performing art, it is, for me, performing art, healing arts, there, there isn't really any distinction per se. There's you know, mm-hmm. different names to really describe the same phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's all about healing for me, all the arts. <laughs> Yes, definitely. I can relate as um, currently going through Julie Cameron's Artist Way in the, oh, in the mm-hmm. present moment I'm in uh, mm-hmm. Module 5 mm-hmm. of 5 of 12. Um, incredible stuff. Huh? Incredible, and it's very much psychodrama in many ways. A lot of the exercise she, she has us going through. And the big mm-hmm. thing is opening up to creativity as a spiritual practice. Yes. Seeing creativity as God, God moving through us, God presence, um, universal energy, whatever you want to call it. I was, I was fortunate to be introduced to the artist way actually um, early 90s when I was in a men's group. And it was interesting because that was when I my interest in psychodrama really started to take mm-hmm. off because we were using it in the men's group. We had a very good uh, facilitator who had a background in gestalt therapy. And I think quite a, quite a bit of experience with um, men's groups and also mixed groups. And he was using psychodrama. I don't know, remember if he called it that. I think he had another name for it. And one of the men in, the, in our group, Carlos, his name very good musician uh, we became somewhat close and, and one night after the men's group I believe we were walking together in Toronto and uh, I think he invited me to go into this bookstore for some reason we went in together and he picked up the book off the shelf and said I think you'll benefit by reading this taking this course and it was the artist's way and he, and he signed it mm. he bought it for me and he, he wrote an inscription mm. in the book and gave it to me as a gift and I still remember that so it was interesting because we were doing psychodrama together Carlos and I and the other men there's about 10 of us in the group so yeah it was interesting because Julie Cameron came into my life at that time and I wasn't ready I didn't I don't think I even really started reading the book right away and, and when I did I wasn't still wasn't ready um, and that's why eventually I came to the realization I have to facilitate this for a group I was already teaching at that time so a few years later after receiving that gift I, that I guess my, my soul was crying to do this 12-week uh, mm-hmm. program that Julie Cameron had designed and it was life-changing when I was finally ready to, to do it. Yes, discover. as I am now discovering. <laughs> yeah. It's profound, and it's mm-hmm. deep, and it's, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, spiritual surgery in a way. So how is maybe Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, your background in theater, mm-hmm. at what point did it 
start to morph into your own personal practice, your own unique signature mm-hmm. process that you do. It's very unique to anything I've ever experienced or uh. even heard about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't mention that at this time, like when I started doing the men's group, I'd already finished my studies in shiatsu therapy. I was already certified shiatsu therapist and starting to practice. And I was having some difficulties that time when I went to the men's group. After we, when we go into men's group, it's for that reason. And I mentioned the shiatsu therapy because it was through that that my own skills started to develop as a therapist and where the psychodrama started to filter into that practice versus as a hands-on shiatsu therapist. And again, we are all storytellers and we can change it. One thing I like to joke about is in terms of storytelling is that um, saying that I heard so long ago I can't remember how old I was because it was so long ago when I first heard this, that the that prostitution was the second oldest profession on the planet. I heard that starting a long time ago. <laughs> it stuck because I heard it more than once. And at some point, I think, as I grew up um, and got interested in storytelling and theater and so on, I, I remembered that saying and I thought well what is the first <laughs> what's the what is the oldest profession right? and then of course having been introduced to theater and, and then psychodrama starting to morph and develop in my own practice and understanding the answer was obvious storytelling if prostitution is the second oldest profession storytelling has to be the oldest right the story has to, the storytelling has to precede the oldest, second oldest profession, right? Which is prostitution. And a lot of people get, I can get hung up on this uh, saying, right? Or this belief that the prostitution is the, is the second oldest profession. And I gave that some thought too. Um, and I do believe it's true because prostitution in my vocabulary has much more to do than sex, sex trade. Prostitution means selling out or you know, exploitation mm-hmm. to some degree. If we think about it, <laughs> we're all prostitutes in some way, or we've all been prostitutes in some way in this lifetime or previous lifetimes. By my definition, to... to not be a prostitute really is to become a master, to become enlightened. One then is no longer exploitable, manipulative, able to be manipulated. Right? One has graduated from that, what I call a poop story. Mm-hmm. You could say that is the poop story. It is prostitution. It is pimping and prostituting oneself, selling one's own soul, if you will, Another version of the oldest story known to humankind, right? Mm-hmm. The selling one's soul to the devil, right? To darker forces in exchange for 
fame and fortune usually. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's huge still, right? We we see it in politics. Contempt- in politics, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Just watch the debate there's a, last night. Yeah, well, there's a story there, right? It's, mm. it's pretty bad storytelling most of the time, unfortunately. But um, in current storytelling, that most people now, of course, um, I mean, books are still popular. As <laughs> well, so maybe not as much as before, of course, because now, of course, cinema and internet, YouTube, television is still there. Anyone wants to watch it? Netflix and all. you know, storytelling is as prevalent as ever. There's a lot of garbage, in my view, <laughs> in these um, a lot of these media. But um, storylines remain the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really change. <laughs> and this exploitation story is still huge, right? Very prevalent. Me too, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I have to be even be careful, like in some context, like if I'm teaching uh, yoga or workshop, if I speak about me too, if I even mention that, um, some students might get triggered. Mm-hmm. Just the mention of me too, and what it because of what it means, what it can trigger in, and perhaps I'm I'm not just referring to women. Men might be triggered too. Yes. By the me too story, you know. And what is it about? It's about exploitation. It's about prostitution on some level, depending how you define prostitution. But, you know. The good news is that storytelling is the oldest profession in mind, <laughs> creative mind. The, the innocent, playful mind that we, we love to talk about and, and explore together and with our uh, students in our kirtan, we have the same approach to kirtan, <laughs> very playful and inventive and explorative and with our tantra play shops tantra and so on. Yeah. You know? Because this is where the real magic happens. Well, it's yeah. like you always say, mm-hmm. making imaginary circumstances real. That's what psychodrama is. <laughs> well, yeah, well, this, that brings us back to my theater training. I mentioned Sanford Meisner. Mm. He's the one who said that. My teacher's teacher in New York, Sanford Meisner. Very zen approach to acting, as it should be, right? Um, Again, student of Stanislavski, the grandmaster, you could say, who taught some of the, the very best teachers in New York. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, of course, from uh, Sanford Meisner is, the acting is the art of making imaginary circumstances real, period. And this is really the very essence of psychodrama. The way I was first introduced to psychodrama, I mentioned the earliest formal training was in that men's group. I did some more psychodrama after that in a mixed group that was more specifically focused on psychodrama. The men's group was not just about that. It was a very effective part of the um, practice that we used in the men's group. And in a lot of cases, we were looking at either present or past trauma 
events in the lives of one, because we'd focus on one person at a time. So if it was me, it might, for example, if in the men's group had, would often have something to do with my father, because at the time I was working out issues, again, this is going back close to 30 years now. <laughs> so the psychodramas that I did, because there were more than one, uh, had to do with my relationship with my father when I was younger, so going into the past and taking another look at a traumatic event from the past and then reworking it through the use of theater techniques, i.e. psychodrama. And over the years, again, I developed my own approach. I touched on how the shiatsu practice helped me to develop that because I started to see some of these patterns with my clients on the table or on the mats, so also working on the floor with where things would come up because shiatsu is very deep work. Shiatsu literally means finger pressure and we're applying deep pressure with mostly the thumbs and that finger pressure that shiatsu is can stimulate old memories and feelings, suppressed feelings and so on and I started to see this with some clients especially ones who were coming to see me on a regular basis and started feeling and sensing that there was a a story, you know, underneath some of these um, feelings, emotions that were coming up. So it happened quite organically as this, my own practice with psychodrama started to develop. So one of the ways that I started to hone it was um, instead of going back into the past, because often with my clients too, it was something from their past that was coming up. I would invite them to bring that experience forward to the present moment as if it's happening mm -hmm. now. Because in a sense it, it is, a very real sense it is. Especially from that right brain perspective. Because the right brain, from my perspective, my point of view, has nothing to do with linear time. Mm -hmm. It's all happening now. Yeah. Right, and it makes sense. It's stored in the body and the cells and... It's alive. It's yeah, it's alive so. and it's it's <laughs> happening in a physiological way as if it's happening now. And so yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and how that manifests is interesting, right? The physical pain of course is one of the ways that manifests uh, all kinds of physical symptoms, conditions can arise, especially chronic issues, back pain, for example, chronic stomach, intestinal issues, this type of thing. Could be colds, lung issues, if there's a lot of sadness involved. So there's a lot of clues like that. This is one of the reasons why the shiatsu was very helpful and effective for me in developing the psychodrama and vice versa because they feed one another, the shiatsu and my training, understanding the, mo the organs, the meridians and the associated emotions, all, all of that helped me to... Mm -hmm. get these clues, see the clues, mm -hmm. and, and read that in terms of the story, what's the, the back story. Yeah, so, so then I would invite the client to share that story, because usually it's a traumatic moment, and I, I, could, um, I got good at sensing when they were really close, and just helping to maybe tweak it, or to, to give that little extra support, a little push maybe to go deeper and 
really identify what the story is, what the moment is. Because we block it often. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And that's why the pain is there and all these other symptoms. Because we've blocked it. We, we, don't, we literally can't even remember that key moment, that traumatic moment. So it can be quite frightening. That's why I say the timing is, is so important. Because mm-hmm. right? we naturally want to resist. That's what I noticed mm-hmm. when you know going through the psychodramas with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a physiological res- resisting of wanting mm-hmm. to go there. So it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's very tricky. You have to be very ripe and ready. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> it's so much fun over the years. <laughs> it's not always fun, especially for the client. Because <laughs> um, I had those many years in the, in the forests of Quebec, right? Opportunity to really hone this, and we'd be alone, like in the forest, off the grid, and I'm basically joking to them. Well, you know, it's all or nothing. You know, I'm not gonna try to gloss this over, sugarcoat it. it this is life and death, right? You know, mm-hmm. are you ready? Um, to kind of sacrifice everything, even your life, <laughs> you get that dramatic, because it is it is like life and death. That's what, the stakes are that high. Mm-hmm. The resistance yes. feels like that yes. because the ego is sees it that way. That's where the left brain is such a huge block. It literally translates anything like this going into those those dark places, those traumatic places as a death experience, a literal death experience, and it'll do everything to mm-hmm. avoid it or block it. Yes. <laughs> we can talk about inner, the inner child. It's one uh, concept we hear a lot about in, in psychotherapy. Right? And, and it's a good analogy, and it can be useful for... Uh, it may be more than an analogy. Um, it can be very real. It's... Uh, that child within that, that traumatized child is very protective. Maybe even has another protector. Some shamanic traditions will say that there's a dragon or other protector animal, totem animal or spirits, if you will, that are protecting the child from more hurt or trauma. And then, so part of the psychodrama would involve addressing that protector spirit guardian totem befriending it mm-hmm. so that again so that the this intervention is not seen as dangerous but actually helpful an ally beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an ally yeah turning that yeah because we can see yeah these dragons if you will um as yeah, as, as the enemy, when they're actually an ally, mm-hmm. in truth. So converting that that enemy, a potential threat, into a, mm-hmm. a friend. It's beautiful, because you know, th- that's all the word totem means for me. A totem means friend. Animal friends. It's beautiful. That's why I love the native traditions, because they relate as much, if not totally, to the animal 
spirits, uh, plant spirits too, to some degree, but mm-hmm. animal totems. Because they, they lived in the forest, they lived in nature, so they're, the animals are there around them, and, and that's, they associate with them, their guides, and, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and they are. That's been my experience. I went and lived in the forest in Quebec. <laughs> so I got to experience that in a very profound way. For example, the ravens. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. They teach us so much. And they are our friends. Even the most um, you know, aggressive type uh, animals, like the wolf or bear, you know, can be... Mm-hmm. Important allies, if we allow it. WGTN Guatemala. Today's podcast is brought to you by the School of Nod, International School of Kundalini Yoga, Nod Yoga, Psychodrama, and more. Founded by the dynamic soulmate duo Hariram and Satkirtan. The School of Nod offers unique and transformative online programs. Satkirtan and Hariram have between them 30 years experience leading classes, workshops, kirtan, and retreats. For more information, go to www.schoolofnod.com. And now, back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala yeah, so again, I think, I think we need to make this into a series, but we, we did touch on the, the stages, the stages of a psychodrama ceremony, per se. Readiness and ripeness is key, right? So it's tricky. That's why I liked having um, clients come and stay with me in the forest, because <laughs> then we were together and there was more opportunity to... catch that moment mm-hmm. when, it, when it arrives naturally without having to force it, like saying, okay, we have this two-hour block of time together, you know, like in a ther- more therapeutic scenario, we're going to have to, we're going to make it happen in, in the next hour, right, or something like this, right? Um, can put pressure on both of us, you know, whoever's involved. Whereas, and, and like with the group therapy that I did, um, the, the retreats that we did, well, I was also living in Quebec in the forest, uh, the group retreats, we were all together for three, sometimes four days. Intense, like doing yoga, kundalini yoga is, again, foundational to a lot of this work as well. Very helpful ally for the psychodrama. Um, but, you know, being with those that group of people for three days, even um, full-on with yoga and trans dance and other things like this a lot of stuff can come up and first and foremost my intention was to create a sense of safety to create a very healthy container for this type of work to happen so that's part of the preparation really mm-hmm. it's first establish a sense of safety especially if it's someone new who's never done this before and like you a lot of people who have come to me over the years to do psychodrama. Some of them maybe didn't even know they were coming to do psychodrama. <laughs> and and most of them had... Surprise! Yeah, most of them had no previous experience, if mm-hmm. any, maybe a little bit. 
so that was part of the challenge too for me is to introduce the whole <laughs> practice you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah so a few rules maybe we'll just this is one way we can we can separate I think we could do three <laughs> podcasts okay. at least but we could do the one for the each of the three mm-hmm. stages of the actual psychodrama ceremony easily yeah. <laughs> start already... there and then <laughs> see yeah. how many other episodes we can do well this is this is all preparation really what we've been speaking about today so yes. it fits it yes. fits with that first stage right because mm-hmm. the second stage is the execution the ceremony itself which um time wise in linear time is the shortest of the three mm-hmm. the ceremony itself can be over sometimes within minutes <laughs> in linear time. Yes. Um, doesn't mean that second podcast will only take a few minutes, though. <laughs> oh, but that, that's where all the good stories happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The success of a practitioner, because I'm also, I guess, wanting to put this out for those who want to learn from us, mm-hmm. practitioners. Mm-hmm. We've been speaking a lot about coaches uh, a lot of coaches out there now, probably some listening to the podcast. Um, we are here to support you in developing your skills mm-hmm. as a coach. We are teachers of teachers. Both of us have done this in Kundalini Yoga and other modalities as well. And we'll continue with the, with the Nod Yoga as well. It's a good feeling, right? To, to have that kind of expertise and whatever it is that you do, that you, you know that you are ready and able to teach teachers mm-hmm. and that's how I feel the psychodrama so I've been doing it for a long time and I've had some real real success with it but not always like I said it really depends on the student to a large degree you can bring a horse to water as they say <laughs> yes <laughs> well I find it to be such a powerful tool because as you said yeah. it's it, it's almost like a life or death Mm-hmm. decision it's well you always reference the matrix it's red pill or blue pill and mm-hmm. not every student's gonna decide to take the red pill mm-hmm. <laughs> some say no i'm out of here and it's mm-hmm. that resistance of the ego death mm-hmm. and where other practices that i've experienced like meditation you know journaling things of this nature that are more um, one-on-one with yourself <laughs> um it's little by little, slowly but surely peeling away one mm-hmm. layer at a time, mm-hmm. but in a very slow process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's effective, absolutely, and it works, all these things, especially when you combine them. But then when you add psychodrama, mm-hmm. rather than going down in the basement with a little um, like keychain flashlight, the psychodrama, it just turns the lights on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so where you're in your subconscious mind, you know, with this tiny little flashlight mm-hmm. doing your meditations, maybe you'll spot one little thing that you can clean up here and there at a mm-hmm. time. Little mm-hmm. by little things come yeah. up. The psychodrama just gets in there. It turns the lights on completely. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, oh, wow. You see the whole picture for what it is. Mm-hmm. And you're able to clean up in such... Mm. 
a more profound way. And really, when it, the lights turn on, you realize things aren't as scary as you actually thought they would be. It's actually more fun. And then that's mm-hmm. when this final stage that you're going to talk about comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. <laughs> it's a blast. It's and, and because you're doing it with someone else, someone else is witnessing you in this process, and you're speaking it out loud, and that's another thing. A lot of people are afraid to speak their truth and so this is another big part that you're getting over within yourself or at least this is my experience Mm -hmm. it makes it so much more real when it when it happens when you go Mm -hmm. through it and Mm -hmm. you come out the other end Mm -hmm. it is so real because someone witnessed you in that yes yes and you were able to express things that you wouldn't otherwise be Mm -hmm. able to or you know in my case it just you know Mm. maybe I'd write about it in my journal or think about it in meditation, something would come through, but then I'd forget about it. Whereas if someone's actually heard me say it, it's so much more real. (laughs) Yeah. You you, you know, you brought up some good points here. Um, Yeah. The witnessing part is, is really fundamental, very important. I liken my role in in a few ways. One is as the director if we look at it as pure theater, then I'm the director. My role is to support you, the the actor or actors, in creating the best drama imaginable. And yeah, we, we love it when there's huge stakes, right? when things are really bold and you know the powerful, you know, <laughs> pyrotechnics. I want to say too that it doesn't it doesn't have to be huge. I mean, it won't be that awe-inspiring every time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we need to do Mm -hmm. those little tiny flashlight psychodramas too as a type of preparation. Again, setting a precedent for more successes. Mm -hmm. If you go for the big picture, maybe it's not going to happen, right? And then there's, again, that sense of failure. I'm not good enough or I'm not capable to do this. So Mm -hmm. sometimes for that reason too, it's good to start with something a little more tangible, doable, as well as being playing the role as of director, I also, if it's just like like one on one, especially, then my role is also to represent the audience mm-hmm. again, as the witness. So directors, audience, kind of two sides of the same coin. But but this is a very important point that you raise about the witnessing, um, holding space. Of course, it's part of that mm. that witnessing holding space, supporting the other person or persons in this profound healing process. Um, and again, like you said before, Seth Kirtan, it's, um, you really have to do it to, <laughs> to know what we're talking about. We can talk about it until the cows come home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have my, some of my tools here. <laughs> We might have to save these to the second podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have to use the rattles. Mm-hmm. Um, we can act out some of these psychodramas, which can be fun, especially when, when we have the right space. Like I love doing I love doing psychodrama out in the in the forest, like by the fire at nighttime mm-hmm. under the stars. <laughs> right. Um, but we can do it anywhere. That's the beauty of it too. We could be in a small space in, inside. Because really it's about the imagination. Um, and one of my favorite quotes about that 
which applies directly to psychodrama, is that we are, we are only limited by our imagination, which is limitless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up soon because I want to, I want to make it enticing enough for our listeners <laughs> to come back for the second installment where we'll get into the actual, the actual ceremony. Yes. Um, and maybe even inviting you or maybe someone else or to, to do some psychodrama or at least mm-hmm. give some taste of what it, what it actually feels like, tastes like, smells like. Because this is one of the things mm-hmm. that I, you know, <laughs> when we're doing this work is about the senses. It's about the visceral aspect of psychodrama as theater. It's visceral. It's different than than literature, even cinema. Cinema can have be a little bit more removed that way. Cause we're, you know, but theater is visceral. It's people on a stage, you some kind of stage, physical, three dimensions. The body is moving. There's voice and there's sensual connection with the audience. You can even smell their body odor, cologne they're wearing, <laughs> right? Especially if it's a small uh, theater space. And I do have experience in theater. It's one of the best experiences in the world, both as a performer and being in the audience. I've, I've taken in some incredible theater, too, in, in the past as a theater goer. And, and both, so both sides of it, magic, pure magic. So the preparation, so we'll finish up with the preparation, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, yeah, having some tools like this. We also have the drum here, frame drum, which I love to use. I love to have some kind of drum when I'm facilitating. And if I'm working with a person on a regular, some kind of regular basis, even better, right? Because then hopefully they've had success the first time, or the second time at least, because um, then and they'll start to to recognize some of these talents. Like when it's time to start the psychodrama, I won't mm-hmm. say, oh, now we begin, I might just start. And they know. <laughs> they know we're they know getting, what's happening. We're going somewhere, right? Yes. And it's usually at the same time where I'm playing the rattles. Yes. I say, close your eyes. And <laughs> then they know. <laughs> That's it. It's imagination, right? We, why do we say close the eyes? Well, for the same reason we say close the eyes in our, in our yoga, meditation practice, the trance dance, almost everything that I've been drawn to in this life as a, as a practitioner and facilitator involves closing mm-hmm. the eyelids. Why? We want to go in, go in, embrace this deeper story, right? A story that is in our imagination, in our heart, in our soul. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic that the, the true story, the understory, you know, is only accessible when we close our eyes. You know? when, we, when our eyes are open, we're often blinded to the truth. Mm-hmm. What's really happening under the surface. We can't access it until we close our eyes. And, and breathe and really 
go in, remove the distractions that you know open eyes often bring. I'm reminded of the great talk about classic theater, and the Greeks knew all about psychodrama, what they called it that. Alejandro Jodorowsky calls it psychomagic. I love that term too. But Oedipus Rex, one of the great plays of classic Greek theater. The king Oedipus, he had to gouge his own eyes out. He literally pulled his eyeballs out of his skull in that moment of madness, right, of, of realization of what he'd done. When he realized, finally realized that he'd killed his own father and married his mother, he ripped his eyes out of his head, blinded himself, and only then, when he blinded himself, was he able to see. Mm-hmm. He couldn't see up until that moment of blinding himself. And then he became awakened, sage. Like Neo in The Matrix, we could say Neo had his first awakening well, he still had his eyes, right? When he was able to see those green lines, the mm-hmm. matrix and everything. But the, the final awakening, the total enlightenment for Neo in the final installment of the Matrix trilogy is when he was blinded. He lost his eyesight. That's a very old theme. They might have taken that directly from Oedipus. It's been told many times, classic. Mm-hmm story, right? Often we see this in so many traditions from so many cultures that the blind man is the wisest. Right? See it in Shakespeare and other um, Homer's Odyssey and so on, right? The blind man or woman, of course some great blind women seers I'm I'm sure um, (laughs) are the ones who can see the, the oracles mm-hmm. that the, the hero would go to see, go to see the blind person, to tell them that they couldn't see. Yeah? So we're talking about imagination, so we're closing the eyes so we can get yes. them into the right brain. The imagination. Yeah, so yeah, the pre- thank you. So preparation. Yeah, closing the eyes. So often I'll do this for the clients. They close your eyes and the rattle start with the drum, right? No. Uh-oh. Yeah, and they're like, uh-oh, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Do I run out of the room now or do I stick but, this out? <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like to do, doesn't always happen, of course, but I love doing psychodrama at night, too, in the dark, candlelight. Because then with the eyes closed, it's really dark and... Imagination, and then I can do sound effects too, and I'll make sure mm-hmm. their eyes are closed. It's like teaching other techniques, right? Keep those eyes closed, right? Yeah. I might do some other sound, other sound effects, like mm-hmm. you know, to enhance the experience, whatever. It's coming up, right? Yeah. The other preparation, I'll just mention a few things, kind of in closing now. Um, I mentioned already is to stay in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So again, if we're visiting a, a traumatic experience from the past, we bring it forward. We're not going back in the past. We're bringing that past experience forward to this present mm-hmm. moment. So when I ask the person to describe the scene, speak in the present tense. It's happening now, right now. What's happening now? Present tense. Because um, people have this tendency to go, 
well, yeah, this such and such was there and that this was happening. Like, no, 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 it's happening now, mm-hmm. present tense. Sometimes it takes a little effort to get them. For when they get what it, is usually. happening, yes. Yeah. Not what was. I might have to remind them a few times, but uh, eventually they usually get it, and then they're, they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's locked. Like it's, it's happening now, and you can feel it. It's tangible. And that's why, again, as I already mentioned, the visceral. Let's not get abstract about this it's not about abstractions it's not about concepts it's not a conceptual again that's all left brain stuff Mm -hmm. right it's about feeling it's about sound what are you smelling what does it taste like use your senses make it real make the imaginary circumstances real Mm -hmm. and that's my job and like a good director then uh in preparation and then going into the execution I want to do as little as possible as little as necessary as a director right a good director is one who can just sit back and hold space and, and watch the show we, then we become more of the audience we're not directing we're just taking it in going wow right the actors are doing it all right mm-hmm um, it's the same with a good coach, like in, in soccer or football, right? Good coach doesn't have to be on the on the sidelines screaming at them over there, but no, no, no. They're just sitting back and mm-hmm. enjoying the, the spectacle because they they've done all the preparation yes, before the, the game. Preparation's the key, right? So the players know happen. what to do, right? It's the same thing in sports too. <clears throat> um, and when it's necessary, then the coach the the director will say, give a little direction. Here, do this. Remember, stop thinking about that, right? Stay mm-hmm. present, right? Breathe. Yeah, reminders. Breathe. To yeah. Come back. Mm-hmm. Use the rest. Breathe. Right? That's why the rattle and the drums can be very effective. Mm-hmm. Keep them in the, in the present moment. It's all key. magic can happen (laughs) so i guess in summing up the preparation then well it could involve doing some some kundalini yoga some movement as well i mean kundalini yoga has a lot of movement (laughs) involved really like shaking you like to do the power power shaking shaking. um the dogs are (laughs) getting excited again um Chanting, of course, chanting is always good for me. Mm-hmm. Works very well. Chanting mantra or a song, even. I've got a whole bunch of songs I've made up, and sometimes I, I even better like to make it up in the moment, right? Of course. Um, we could just sing something like, like we did the other night in the church. Something inspired me. Ready. I'm Ready?
first. <laughs> Engaging <laughs> the navel point. Yeah, dogs can be very helpful with psychodramas. You know, connecting to the navel point, the power center, powers everything. For psychodrama, as mm -hmm. with any shamanic practice, you need that power, that navel strength, right? To really pull it off. It takes everything. It is really like life and death. <laughs> yes, because you're rewriting the story. And exactly. In my experience, it's it's been taking the power back. And so yes. that navel point is everything in psychodrama. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, you, you said it perfectly just now because we have invested, you have invested your whole life, perhaps, mm -hmm. maybe lifetimes to this particular story. It could be older than this life, even, mm -hmm. right? You invested yes. everything in that story. So it's going to take everything you've got and then some. Yes, to, to change it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to transform it. That's the stakes, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so we can get dramatic about it. And yeah, let's get dramatic about it because it is <laughs> drama. It's, that's what we call it, psychodrama. Exactly. <laughs> So what are the benefits that people can gain from psychodrama? Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, tune in for the, the next ins two installments <laughs> to, to get the full answer to that. Well, we, we just alluded to it when we said what well, we just said, that it is life-changing. when, If you're ready, willing, and able to put everything on the line, again, it... <laughs> It might not be your entire life, but it, and it is kind of like that. That uh, whatever it is, whatever that trauma is, that that could be some nagging emotional block or pattern. If you're ready, if you're truly ready and willing to to change that, the the benefits can be surreal. Like it's. Like a new you. It's like, mm -hmm. it is a, a rebirth. And as such, it is life affirming. It is this feeling of, of re regaining life force, like being reborn, having a new life. Mm -hmm. Youthfulness, mm -hmm. like the fountain of youth, another classic story, right? Discovering the fountain of youth. Yeah, that's what rebirth is, you yeah. And so, yeah, for me, psychodrama is all about rebirth, transformation, yeah. the most profound levels. Yeah, so, yeah health, health benefits, yeah. sense of freedom. Mental, physical. If you've been blocked yeah. about relationships, it can mm. finally reverse the story mm. so you can call oh, it yeah. in. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's all kinds of if applications. If you have financial blocks, it can <laughs> transform those stories and mm. really call it in. Yeah, whatever it is you're looking to improve in your life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, all available through this process, <laughs> potentially. If you're ready and willing, <laughs> to put it all on the line. <laughs> Give it your all and really go there. Yeah, it, it truly requires... <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are affirming yeah. here. <laughs> it truly requires uh, that um, commitment and one's ability and willingness to surrender full. And I, I, mm -hmm. I say this again and again with, with clients and students over the years, now decades. Right? You have to surrender full. 
99% is not enough. Not enough. You have to go all the way. It's all or nothing. And that's why, again, I said, like, why the timing is so vital and the ready, willingness and readiness, because, yeah, 99% is not enough. <laughs> that's the good and the bad news. <laughs> but if you're 100% ready and willing, look out. Look out. Things can change the most magical blissful ways absolutely you won't even recognize the self that you've become you'll you truly know. become a butterfly and that caterpillar will no longer exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the catalyst that chrysalis very good analogy coming out the other end mm-hmm. with wings magical sparkly fairy wings <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a fairy or you can be a dragon or whatever you want in psychodrama that's the beauty of it yes you can rewrite our stories to whatever the imagination will lend us if we surrender to it have fun okay well i'm reminded of another uh sanford meisner quote because i i love coming back to the master taught my theater teachers he said um an ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words Actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, in psychodrama, we're not always acting out. But this still applies. It means being authentic, and being totally present and fully invested in the psychodrama. Um, and of course, that makes me think of another key foundation, if you will, with the psychodrama and other work we do at the School of Nod, uh, which has to do with the, the Toltec agreements that I learned through Don Miguel Ruiz, mm-hmm. best-selling author. Um, Four agreements. Yeah, which I distilled into two. So I'll <laughs> mention them now, because they, they do apply to the preparation as well. Number one, as I've embellished it, <laughs> be impeccable with every word thought, and action. Very important in psychodrama. And ties in with, again, making imaginary circumstances real. Number two, and you you alluded to this a little bit, Sadkirtan, the the idea of the celebration, the fun, the sense of joy that can arise. One of the things I look for to see if if it's really working. (laughs) Exuberance, ecstasy right, that can arise in psychodrama you experience this mm-hmm. um, is tied in with the second the corollary of the, f- the first principle which is um, be impeccable with every word thought and action number two is do not take anything personally literally nor seriously again I embellished uh, the Toltec agreements. Because I wanted to put some emphasis on the literal and seriousness, in other words, joyfulness, humor. Don't forget humor. Life is supposed to be enjoyed. Do not take it too seriously. (laughs) Uh, Let psychodrama show you and teach you this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Life can be a play. 
Alila is to, to take language from the from the Hindu tradition. Lila, a beautiful word describing the play, the play of life. Lila. So um, I'm reminded of a great song. I wish I had. Uh, yeah, Merlin. Merlin. Yeah, yeah. The song came to my mind as well when you mentioned Leela. Well, we, everyone knows the song. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. It's a great recording. It's, it's, a, it's a riff on this classic song, which is so profound. One of those beautiful, simple songs that has such mm-hmm. depth and mystery to it. Eh? Yes. Life is but a dream. That song really is, is a perfect uh, kind of finale or an, an, an encapsulation of psychodrama. Yeah. <laughs> Synopsis right there. Yeah. <laughs> row, row, row your boat <laughs> gently down the street. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life, life is, is but, but a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So this was the preparation phase of psychodrama in our mm-hmm. series of uh, three-part series of psychodrama 101. Part mm-hmm. two will come out with execution, and then mm-hmm. part three. Do you want to reveal what part three is? Yes, I, I, the did, title? I did slip it in. It's integration. Integration. So yeah, stay tuned. Equally important. Integration. All three stages are essential for yes. a successful psychodrama ceremony. Preparation, execution, and integration. That's it, folks. So... Check on back. We'll be coming out with some future episodes for part two and three. Yeah, and tell your friends. More the merrier. Life is but a dream. And if you're interested in experiencing (laughs) psychodrama for yourself, be sure to contact us. You can contact us at support at schoolofnod.com. We can maybe have you on the air, or we can do one-on-one sessions or two-on-one sessions as well. So... Mm-hmm. Be in touch. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. All the best. Satnam, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Well, another episode. song in the same along along the same lines of, of row 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 your boat is the song that Yogi Bhajan heard. His Celtic roots. Mm, here we go. It's good. And he fell in love with this song. He heard the incredible string band singing it back in 69 and said, let's use that. And we've been using it ever since to end all of our Kundalini Yoga classes. And Kirtan like, let's do it. The Long Time Sunshine song. <laughs> do the Appalachian version. So inhale. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure light within you guide your way on. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure light within you guide your way on. Yes. Guide your way on. Sun.
We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat Nam.